Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit LifeChurchStPeters.com. Good morning. My name is Tom Kyle. My beautiful wife, Randy, sitting in the front row with me. We have the privilege and pleasure of serving this family, and it is an honor, and we love it, and we do welcome you here this morning. Um, just before I start, I want to say thank you. Uh, who was here for the trivia night Friday night? How many people won? I'm, we're all winners. All winners. I thought we already dealt with the unforgiveness earlier. Clearly, we got a couple more clouds hovering. Need to dissipate. <laughs> Guy and Dana, all the people who just did so much um, setting up, tearing down. I know uh, Don. I don't know where Don is. Don, thank you. Uh, the guys in the Saturday morning doing all that vacuuming. It was a fantastic time. Really fun. Enjoyed it. Um, way too many questions for young people, I felt. I don't do cereal. Why do we have a cereal category? That was unnecessary. I just want to pray real quick for um, John and Katie Hooker. They have been in Haiti the last two, three days, and I believe they'll be coming home tomorrow. And on Friday night, for the trivia night, it was a fundraiser for Goalie Gifts of Love International and that segment of that ministry for Haiti. So could we just pray for him real quick? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to love people who are close to us our next-door neighbors, sitting in the seat beside us, uh, at school, at work. Father, thank you for the opportunity to love people. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we can go to places that are really, really different than us, that don't have flush toilets, that don't have refrigerators, don't have air conditioning, don't have cool cars, and places where we can fuss about the gas prices because we have nine options. But Father, there's so many places in the world that don't know the amenities that we enjoy every day. Just the, the overflow, the spillage of blessing that we walk in every day and we walk past every day, not recognizing. But Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Haiti. Through the ministry there, Father, thank you that we get to, um, in some small way, put a fingerprint on lives there. Thank you for John and Katie and their willingness to go and serve and love people. Bless them. Help them. Father, this morning, that they would have words of life for people, that they would encourage, they would bring life and healing. They would feel your comfort, your peace, your safety, and your presence. Bring them home safe to us, Lord. We thank you for them. We love them. We appreciate them. Thank you for the work that Jim and Teresa Zelensky are doing there. Pastor Joachim, all the people, Carol, all the people who serve there, Lord. Bless them, Lord, that you would multiply what they do have and, and make it abundant, that the rest of the island is blessed. We thank you for the, Father, the privilege of serving you through people in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. 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 I'm going to carry on and continue on. Actually, going to close a chapter this morning. But this beginning of this year, I so said we're going to walk through taking ground, taking ground. And what that means is 
at times, I, we, not I, we have four children. Uh, we have been married almost 42 years. And at times, if you've been married for a while, if you've been privileged enough to uh, have, be married, at times you just sense, ah, we're just a little slipping. Communication isn't what it was. Or um, just how we valued relationships inside our family just wasn't what. And so you think, man, I, I need to focus on the people in my family. I need to get closer. I need to take some ground in my relationships with people. Maybe my attitudes at work. I'm like struggling with Floyd and Lucille, the bosses. And I just think, oh, I need to take some ground. My attitude's so bad towards Lucille in particular. Lucille just drives me nuts. I need to take some ground on the inside because I've got an attitude towards Lucille. Many songs. Sometimes it's those teachers at school that just irritate us. They, there seems to be a clash on the, on the inside of me towards a teacher. And I'm like, Lord, I need to pray for Mrs. Jones. I need to pray for her. And I bless her, Father. I need to take some ground in my attitude towards that woman. Help me, King Jesus. So from the beginning of this year, it's just been taking ground, moving forward, maybe in areas of my life that I've always dreamt of moving into. I want to move towards it positively and not be retreating in fear or failure or concern. So it's taking ground this year. And I have been looking several weeks through the book of Joshua. And I'm going to conclude this morning that aspect of Joshua, unless the Lord gives me something else then. But my belief is that this will be the last morning for a while that we look into the book of Joshua. And I love the book of Joshua, people coming into the promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. And they had rid the land of the inhabitants, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the parasites, all the bad people that needed to go. And so the title to this morning's message is a little longer than normal. But this morning I want to talk about don't let what you are not destroy what you are. Yeah, I hope so. Don't let what you are not destroy what you are. I'm going to pick it up at the very beginning of Joshua 1. They're going to look back towards the end of this book. Joshua is an amazing man. It's funny, I, I, don't, I don't recall in Scripture at any point where it talks about Joshua's wife. Anybody know any references of Joshua's wife? Guarantee you there was a woman behind him somewhere. May have been his mother, his wife, Sister Sue, I don't know. But it, this book is just it kind of it's a highlight reel of an amazing man named Joshua, tremendous leader. Holy Spirit asked that you would help me, that you would help us. As we look into your word this morning, Holy Spirit, help me to see you, King Jesus, in the scripture. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you that it's inspired of you. That it's a, a, a map, a pathway that brings me to you, King Jesus. I thank you for it. I pray that you would increase our hunger and appetite, our ability to receive from the word of God. Well, Holy Spirit, I, I confess this morning, my, my heart's open, it's soft, it's hungry. I want to receive from you. So help me to see you, King Jesus, in this 
beautiful book of Joshua. Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9, and then 16 to 18, verses 16 to 18. So it's Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9, and 16 to 18. Some of this text will be very self-explanatory. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one, how many? No. no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate, ponder, consider, think on, muse on. That's all mine. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now we're going to skip down to verse 16 to 18. Same chapter. This is speaking of the people's response now. That was the Lord speaking to Joshua. Now the people have their say. Then they, the people of the nation of Israel, then they answered Joshua. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And whatever you send us, I'm sorry, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses. Hello. <laughs> that was a faith statement by the people. Just as we fully obeyed Moses. So we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. It's funny in this chapter, three separate times the Lord speaking to this man. because He's just a man just like me and you, a human being, just like me and you. Three times the Lord spoke to Joshua, be strong and courageous. The people listening to the exchange and the dialogue and then listening to Joshua address them. The people then responded, Joshua, 
Be strong and courageous. Why? I just want to pose, I don't think Joshua felt very strong. I don't think he felt very courageous. I think he possibly had a sense of being overwhelmed in the moment. Why would you keep telling somebody, be strong, be strong, be strong, be courageous? Don't forget to be, be very courageous. Because I think on the inside of Joshua, knowing humanity, knowing people. I've met, you've met one or two people in your life who are just arrogant. They can't hear anything, they're unteachable. But most people, I'll say way over 50%, aren't like that. Riddled with insecurities, riddled with fears, riddled with just, I'm not enough. That's the typical. And I really don't think that God's choice in leading the people this time would have been an arrogant man. I think he was much more likely, as we read the entire Bible and go through the entire set of scriptures, most of the time, the Lord chose unlikelies, the people who don't want to do it. He says, I'll take you, I'll take you, I'll take you. The Bible says he resists the proud. He resists them, but he gives grace to the humble. Why would the Lord specifically say those things three times? Because I don't think Joshua felt very strong. I don't think he felt very courageous. And I think after a few decades, the people knew Joshua. Dude, come on, you can do this. I know you have self-doubts. I know you, at times, you've struggled. I know at times you compare yourself to Moses. But Joshua, we're with you. Do what you do, buddy. We're behind you. You can do this. Thinking about Joshua. And again, I, I will not put words in his mouth, just conjecture, just thoughts. But maybe Joshua thought in the inside, why in the world do I have to replace Moses? Of all people. Why couldn't I have replaced Ed, Billy Bob, Cletus, Lucille, why Moses? Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Moses walked with God. Moses met with God so closely, so intensely, that Moses' face shone like the sun, and he had to put a, a, a mask, a covering over his face because he glowed like God. Moses, when he spoke, ten plagues came on Egypt. When they're in trouble, Moses took his staff, cracked the water, the Red Sea parted. That's a hard act to follow. When Moses, in the desert, spoke to the rock, water came from the rock. The rock actually followed the people. That's pretty cool. When Moses spoke, Bread from heaven came down six days a week, every week, every week. When the people mumbled, is that all you got is bread? <laughs> Say, okay, quail. Quail came from heaven every single day and fed the people. Moses was amazing. He could throw his staff down, turn into a serpent, put his hand in his pocket, pull or shirt, pull out leprosy, pull it back, it's all healed. Hey, are you kidding me? Amazing. 
Moses was probably one of the two or three most preeminent leaders in the Older Testament. Moses was stunning, stellar, amazing, and he was humble. He learned that it's okay to say, I'm the most humble person on the face of the earth. But if it's accurate, you ain't lying. Moses was a mighty man of God, used powerfully to lead God's people. No, Joshua, you're not Moses. But you are Joshua. Joshua accomplished the purposes of God in his generation. Totally different than Moses. But God said to him, you can do it. I don't want you to be like Moses. I want you to be like I've made you. I want you to be Joshua. You can do this. You're no better, no worse than Moses. But be yourself. Be confident. Towards the back end of the book of Joshua, we're going to pick it up. Joshua 24, verse, 30, verse 29 and 31. Joshua 24. We started in verse 1. Now we're towards the end. Joshua 24, verse 39. I'm 29 and 31. Verse 29. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Verse 31. Israel, listen to this. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. With Moses, there was so much failure amongst the people under his leadership. Hundreds of thousands of people died under Moses' leadership. Yes, he was amazing. But if you look at what Joshua accomplished, victory after victory after victory, I think Joshua accomplished a bunch in his life. Was he Moses? Absolutely not. Was he Joshua? Absolutely. Lord, I'm not Moses. Great. Be Joshua. Be who you are. Be who you're called to be. So many people in the church of Jesus Christ, I find, are similar to the thought of, Lord, I wish I was somebody else. I wish I was more like Jesus. I wish I was more like the Apostle Paul. I wish I was more like the Apostle John. I wish I was more like T.L. Osborne. If I was a great preacher of faith. I wish I was more like Amy Simple McPherson. Lord, if I could be like Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke, Catherine Kuhlman. So many of us, we compare ourselves to great and mighty men and women of God and our generation and previous generations say, I wish I was more like them. But you know what? I'm only like me. And I don't like what I see when I compare myself. And the Bible has a funny scripture. It says it's a foolish thing to compare yourself one to another. It's a foolish thing. Why? Because for 90% of us, we don't measure up well. But God's only called me to be Tom. That's it. I'm not called to be Moses. I'm not called to be the Apostle Paul. I, unfortunately, am not called to be Reinhard Bonnke for multiple reasons, not like Amy Simple McPherson. But just me. And I think of that 
chapter 1, Joshua is, it's fresh. Moses' death and being removed from earth is, it's fresh in his mind. Oh my gosh. Now what do I do? I always had Moses. He was always there. And I believe God looked at Joshua and said, all I want you to do, son, is be powerful, amazing you. Just be yourself. Don't compare yourself to Moses. Yes, he was incredible, but so are you, son. So are you. I love the book of Corinthians. Many people look on the book of Corinthians, first and second. Corinthians, it was that we know of at least four letters to the church in Corinth, but we have two of them. There was a dialogue between the Apostle Paul who founded the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth writing about problems. Paul's addressing problems. And in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 27, I believe the, the father of this church, Paul, is addressing the people in Corinth and helping them understand, don't compare yourself one to another. So it's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 27. There are different kinds of gifts. Let's all say that together. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's for everybody's benefit. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. I just want to note at this point, I believe what Paul is emphasizing is the emphasis. Sometimes, Randy, no, I can't. She says, don't, don't keep using me. Greg. Greg may be able to prophesy speak in tongues, and have wisdom. But when you meet his wife, where is she? She has the gift of serving so much better than Greg, clearly. Does that mean that Greg can't serve or isn't a servant? No, it's just saying people have maybe a heavier dose of something, but it doesn't mean there's a void, a vacuum. Well, I just have this and they have that. We can move in all these things, all the different gifts of the Spirit. But there are measures, there are depths given to some people that clearly it's beyond others. If you listen to Mark Levesque or a Mike Stafford or a Tim Hedlund and you hear him teaching, you're like, I want to be like that. Potentially, they've been given a gift and a measure beyond us. If you listen to an Andrea Worm, she's teaching, you're like, I want to be like that. It's okay, rejoice in other people's giftings. Does that mean you can't teach? Of course not. So I believe in this beginning of 1 Corinthians, it's not dismissal or obligation of plunging into further depths, but some people have an obvious measure that's potent, that's deep well, deep water. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Amen. We'll carry on. I don't remember where I was, but we'll carry on. All these, is that right? All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He, God, distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't want to belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Thank you. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye... I don't belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, sounds like a movie. <laughs> if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? I believe Paul is trying to adjust and correct people feeling jealous or competitive of other people's gifting. He's saying everybody's got a gift. Be great at what you are. Don't be jealous. Don't covet. Don't whine. Don't complain. Everybody has a gifting. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, this is so important. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We value voices. We value guitars. We value preachers. We value people that are willing to serve in the nursery so I don't have to. But the Bible says they are indispensable, all the parts. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. It's so important. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I just want to reiterate again. Don't let what you are not destroy what you are. Don't let what you're not destroy what you are. If I'm not functioning in my gifting, because I don't value it, I don't like it, I want something else. The body isn't going to work. I'm robbing the body if I'm not functioning in my gifting. I was just praying. I was just praying. And just thoughts came to me. Now, many of you, I'm not going to have her stand up. Lauren, could you stand up for a second? 
It was either you or Randy, and I am going to pay if it's her. More. So Lauren. Okay, I've known Lauren eh, 40, 45 years. It's been a while. And she's only 45. But... <laughs> I'm married. I've learned. So I've known Lauren. You can sit down, ma'am. Thank you. I've known Lauren. We have known Lauren many, many, many years. But if you know just a little bit about Lauren, and it's obviously it's coupled with Mike, her husband, but they just have a connection with the high school across the street, Ford Zumwalt South. It's just a connection. They have favor with the school across the street. We prayed for years for favor for Ford Zumwalt South. For years we prayed. And we just made a connection. And for different seasons, and I won't go into it, they serve and they serve and they serve and they serve and they serve. And different groups in Fort Zumwalt South think this church is awesome because they know Lauren and Mike. And there's a reason why we put them forward. But they just serve constantly. Lauren was up here for weeks with some preteen girls on Thursday nights, teaching them skills, loving on them, blessing them. I didn't ask her to do it. I had nothing to say about it. But she saw a need and just jumped in and started blessing these preteen girls. It's amazing. Mike and Lauren, they, they have uh, a bread ministry, coffee ministry, that's grown into a ministry now. On Fridays, they pick up bread from uh, Bread Co., funny enough. <laughs> and they bring it over here, and there's 25, 30, 35 people meet on Friday. And it just, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's all free, isn't it? You charge me 10 bucks. I don't know. No, that's not true. Not true. I may eat more, but why do I get penalized? Favoritism. It's not right. I didn't ask him to do that. I don't continue to ask them to do it. They do it on their own volition, their own charge. Why? Because they simply want to bless people. They are an integral part of this church. Yeah. I don't think I've asked them to do anything in this body, but they do so much. People think we're cool because of them. Yeah. Helping clean up the building, declutter. Lauren, you're a champion encourager. I feel better about myself that I know I don't deserve, but thank you. I'm not going to say too much about Don Grayson. The eyes and ears of the church serve, serve, serves, serves, serves some more. I've never asked him to do anything. I'm afraid of him, so I'm not going to make him stand up. And yes, I'm, a, I'm afraid of you also, but more of him. <laughs> Mike Stafford, he coordinates the Thursday night teaching. He goes on this live streaming and sets up the schedule and works with people and teaches himself. It's amazing. He's been on the finance team forever. And it's just no one sees the finance part, but sometimes they see the teaching. But I guarantee you it's a hassle. It's a challenge. It's frustrating. Just keeping things coordinating. He, he does things I can't do. Tim, Mark, you do things I can't do. Fantastic. That's the idea of a body. All that John and Katie Hooker do, it's ridiculous. Megan Estrada, 
loving our kids. Dave and Barb Milster, are they here? Yeah. No. They might be the champions of serving behind the scenes that nobody knows about. Wilma and Jean Grable. I don't know if they're here. They've served, they've served in this church for a couple of decades before it began. There's a story to that. All we have to do is be the amazing you. The funny thing, the amazing thing, is that we are going to be rewarded forever for simply being you. And someone who is diligent with what they do, Lauren, if she's diligent with what God's called her to do, is going to get the same reward as a Billy Graham, which is a bizarre concept. All you have to do is be faithful with what you're called to do. And I believe this, actually, I really do believe this, that the people who serve behind the scenes that never get acknowledged, a Sarah and Nick, you never get acknowledged. I think a lot of times the pastors get a lot of encouragement, a lot of pat on the back, and we get our reward on earth. But there's going to be a lot of people rewarded in heaven who got nothing on earth except the appreciation of our Father in heaven. How do you, how do I get rewarded? Because the Bible talks a ton about rewards. How do you get rewarded for not quitting? How do I get rewarded not devaluing myself and saying, oh, it doesn't make any difference what I do, it's nothing. But what you're actually doing is extending the kingdom of heaven for just being faithful for your part. No, you're not Moses, but you can be a Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Matthew 6, 6 says this. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Don't go in the streets. out. Everybody's seeing my great prayer ministry. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You're rewarded forever when it comes from heaven. Matthew 17, 27. Is it okay if we look at a couple more scriptures? Matthew 17, 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. If you get a bonus this July 1st from your company because you're amazing. Fantastic. Remember me. (laughs) But we get bonuses Congrats, pats on the back. When Jesus gives his reward, it's forever. Forever. Luke 6, 22 through 23. Blessed are you when people hate you. There's a, something to aim for. <laughs> Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because, not because of my prickly nature or my bad attitude, because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. Ephesians 6, 7, and 8. I'll be concluding in about four minutes. Ephesians 6, 7, and 8. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know what... 
that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. More red letters, Matthew 6, 1 through 3, verse, and verse 5. Matthew 6, 1 through 3, verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. It's amazing how often and much the Bible talks about reward. I know it makes some people uncomfortable. It didn't make Jesus uncomfortable. He wanted them to understand, live your lives in a manner worthy. Why there's a reward coming in heaven. That's not why I do it. It's a benefit. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Revelation 22.12. This is the end of the story. This is what's going to happen in the end. Revelation 22.12. Look, I am coming soon. Speaking of Jesus. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Joshua stopped learning how to be insecure and simply did what God had called him to do. He stopped comparing himself to who he thought was greater or more prominent or more powerful. He simply was faithful to what God had called him to do. Don't let what you are not destroy what you are. I don't know that this person is in this room this morning, but I was thinking of an amazing woman named Jeannie who raised five powerful children who loved Jesus. One of my heroes. What if, what if, and this is not an advertisement for children's ministry necessarily. <laughs> what if you're, you were just, what if you were just that children's church worker who led that little snotty-nosed kid named Billy Graham to the Lord? What if you were that person who led an eight-year-old little boy, Billy Graham, to the Lord? What if? What if you're here today and your name is Barb and your husband happens to be named Don? I've known this family for 40, 45 years. And what if your name was Barb? And what if you lived your whole life just to love your husband? You always placed him in front of your needs. You always stood behind him. You always blessed him. You always made him feel secure. You backed him up at every turn for all the days of your amazing marriage. And what if you raised six amazing kids who helped change nations? What if you simply served Jesus by being an amazing wife and mom, supporting your man all your married days? What if that was you? Can you imagine the reward to come? I don't know how many times she's preached, but I've listened and watched many sermons over the years. I think action speaks so much louder than words. Last one. 
What if your name is Stacy? And maybe on the inside, maybe you feel people don't understand you. And maybe in your mind, regularly over your life, you've always felt, do I fit in? Maybe you feel different. And as I was praying this week, I'm not going to cry. I am not going to cry. What if Jesus said, you're on my team, and you will always be on my team, and you fit, and you fit perfectly? And what if you had Jesus tell you the demons flee when they're around you? And you may feel like a foot, and if you do, and I mean this reverently, very reverently, keep kicking the devil's backside. Because demons are afraid of you. And I felt like I got that from heaven this week. Demons fear you. You be you. The favor of heaven is all over you. Whether I don't care if you're scrubbing toilets, encouraging people or loving people, loving people that only you and Jesus see. That's Jesus' heart. I'm going to close with this verse. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you've been saved. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. For we, we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. I don't have to be Moses I don't have to be Joshua. I just have to be Tom. You can be the best grandma and grandpa. You can be the best child to that dad that's struggling. Nobody has to notice what you're doing. But heaven always sees. Jesus always sees. And his reward is forever. Let's love powerfully and love endlessly. While I have breath on my body, Jesus, may I love people. May I love you through serving people. I don't need to be dynamic. I just need to be who you've called me to be. I thank you for, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you pick me up and dust me off. That you don't, haven't called me up to this point to do crazy, wild things in China or across the world. But you've called me to live in O'Fallon, Missouri, to have four kids, to have a wife, to be an encourager, to love, to be gracious, to forgive quickly, empower others quickly, bless others quickly. Help, help us, Father, to be a family that loves really well that it starts in my own house. It starts with my own friends. It starts in my school. It starts in my work environment. Lord, help me to be a beacon of light for you. That again, Lord, everyone sees what I do. They don't hear what I say. But my actions speak volumes. Bless us as a family, Lord, that we would literally take ground the rest of this year and the years to come, inch by inch, foot by foot, Lord, 
May we move forward in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.